2: DeLorean podcast. I'm your host Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you, and we have a lot of news. So we're going to get into all that today. Today, Junior, we're going to be talking all about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. We're going to be talking about AEW from this past Wednesday. We're going back in time and talking about Monday Night Raw from March 17th, 1997. We're going to be talking about the ECW Living Dangerously 1998 pay-per-view, and a whole lot more. So, before we get into that show, I gotta say, thank you to all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers who ride for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Everybody who shows me love and support, everybody who has been down since day one, thank you so much, I salute you all. Thank you, everybody, who also checks out the Twitch streams. If you don't already, follow on Twitch. Why the fuck are you missing out on these goddamn watch-alongs? We over here having fun on Twitch. Why are you missing out? Unless you're a boring-ass person. But I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast is a boring-ass person. So check us out on Twitch. Also, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Pod, on TikTok at Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore I also made an appearance yesterday on WrestleNary from Off The Top Rope Podcast. Once again, it was a dope-ass experience. Shout-out to Off The Top Rope Podcast. I appreciate everybody there. Shout-out to Blackheart. Shout-out to my opponent in WrestleNary, my homie Gene. Dope-ass show. Check it out at Off The Top Rope Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we did enough chit-chat. Let's get into the Superstack show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Friday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. What a week. By the way, this has been a very fun week in wrestling, especially for me because, I mean, maybe not you guys. You guys don't go back in time, but guess what? I do. So we have a lot to talk about. Today is a super stacked show. Hashtag super Stack show. But before we talk about all the happenings of the week and all my classic reviews, I got some good news for my Wrestling DeLorean passengers. I know, I know you guys have heard me mention Three Falls Brand. I know you have heard me mention how Three Falls Brand is dropping Wrestling DeLorean merchandise. But the question was when. I know I kept on saying soon, but wait no longer. Ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, we finally launch, we have Wrestling DeLorean Podcast Merchandise, available at threefallsbrand.com. What is threefallsbrand.com? Three Falls Brand is the best, coolest, dopest wrestling and rock merchandise on the motherfucking planet. And now, not only is it the home of the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet, it is the home of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast merchandise. I'm talking about three different designs, dope-ass t-shirts. Yo, there's a lot, there's a lot of nice shit at Three Falls Brand. But I'm gonna let my big homie, Mean Gene, tell you all about it.
1: Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your Wrestle Punk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from. Whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits, we've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Again. Check us out at ThreeFallsBrand.com and on Instagram at ThreeFallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
2: Alright, so, there's a lot to talk about. I'm not going to go too, too in-depth on every single aspect of every show that I'm talking about because this could end up being a four-hour podcast if I did. Instead, I'm going to give you my cliff notes. I'm going to give you my bullet points. I'm going to give you the shit that was noticeable to me, the stuff that stood out to your boy. So let's let's talk about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. This was the very first time also, by the way, that I did a live watch-along on Twitch of Monday Night Raw. And boy, I don't know if I'll be doing that again. (laughs) And it's for the simple reason, like, look, I enjoyed the show. The show, The show is solid enough, right? But even the people that watched on Twitch with me would agree that this show had its peaks and its valleys, right? Monday Night Raw started out really, really good. We had a tag team title matchup between RK Bro and the Street Profits, and this shit was a banger. This match was a banger. This was a phenomenal matchup that got enough time really got to showcase all four men and i think that it's also alluding to a bit of a heel turn for the street profits and if so then i'm down with it because i'm a big street profits fan but definitely i said it on the twitch i'm gonna say it here i think that montez ford in five years is going to be one of the biggest names in the wwe mark my word yo Today is Friday, May 13th, Friday the 13th. Maybe it's bad luck to put that on Montez Ford, but still remember the day, May 13th, 2022, and remember the podcast. Remember at about 6 minutes, 18 seconds, I say Montez Ford is going to be one of the biggest names in WWE because I'm putting my stamp of approval on Montez, but Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins did not win the matchup, RK bro did. Really good matchup, and a way that this was a matchup that started Raw off hot and got me excited. But then I remember that this is a three-hour show, and there's going to be a lot of filler, and boy was there. But you know, I, I'm not going to talk about the negatives because I could talk about how stupid the whole you know wedding and divorce with the twenty-seven, twenty-four-seven championship is. You know that, that that's all bullshit, but. I would rather spend my time on Les Positives. And those Positives are the Judgment Day. Edge's group the Judgment Day. Edge, now Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest definitely showed out on this night. We had Rhea Ripley's first matchup as a part of the Judgment Day against Liv Morgan. And this was a pretty good matchup. Yo, Liv Morgan was pulling out her Coronas and a bunch of Luchador moves, but she wasn't enough for Rhea Ripley. This led right into Finn Balor and Damian Priest, who also had a really good matchup. Really cool matchup. AJ Styles was on the outside. He was watching the back of Finn Balor. Damian Priest, well, Edge was watching the back of Damian Priest. Really good matchup. Another really good matchup on the show, but was ruined by the interference, was for the United States champion Austin Theory and Cody Rhodes. Now, this matchup was being built up towards for most of the night. I say most and not all because the match started at 10 o'clock. It started at the third hour. And I thought that was clever because they knew that three hours is hard to watch. If you made a marquee matchup start at that third hour, you're not going to watch two and turn it off. If they would have gave that match earlier on, a lot of people may have just turned the show off. And that's no disrespect to the main event, because I think that Bianca Belair and Asuka put on a great match as well. But like I said, three hours is hard to sit through. It's not like a pay-per-view where it is less filler and you're just going match, 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 match. It's a Monday Night Raw where you have to fill three hours, so you, and also you have a bunch of commercial breaks in between, so it's like you get a lot of filler, but Cody Rhodes and Austin Theory had a banger of a match, a phenomenal matchup. These guys go together really well. Great chemistry between Cody Rhodes and Theory. I would like to see a few down the line between these two. I know right now this was just a little appetizer. This was a little taste of what these guys could do together. But I honestly, yeah, I've been saying it for a while. I honestly think the Austin Theory is the future of the WWE. And Cody Rhodes right now is the big name in the WWE. So I think them together is money. But we had interference from Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes will continue. I guarantee you, you were probably going to see Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins inside of a Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell. But, yeah, I mean, this matchup and the main event were two really good matchups that were ruined by the interference of one Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins' main squeeze, Becky Lynch. So, it's funny because I go back in time and I watch Raw and I'm like, yo, you know what was a problem in 1997? There's too many interferences. It's too many DQs. And I'm watching in 2022. I'm like, God damn ain't shit changed. Ain't shit changed. Is there no clever way to have Seth Rollins involved without Seth Rollins interfering and causing DQs? Or is there no clever way to have Becky involved without causing a DQ? I don't know. The matches were good. Both Becky Lynch and, well, both uh, Bianca Belair and Asuka was amazing, and Cody Rhodes and Austin Theory was really good. But like I said, we don't get winners because of the interference. More so, I was more so annoyed with Asuka and Bianca Belair because that match went on with like five minutes left in the show, and we were dedicating time to that stupid, you know, Dana Brooke and Reginald and all these guys and their stupid angle for the 24 7 champion right before the main event when guess what that matchup could have went to the main event so that was my little gripe but like i said nonetheless i enjoyed raw definitely had peaks and valleys but the i would say the good wasn't overshadowed by the bad there was not enough bad for me to forget about the good so i'm giving it a 2.5 out of 5 stars Maybe the last time I sit on the three-hour Twitch stream watching Raw because there was parts where I felt like I had to entertain my viewers and I was kind of falling asleep. So, with that being said, if you ever see me on a Monday, you're probably going to get more classic footage and not Monday Night Raw. Anyway, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about this Wednesday's AEW Dynamite, a show that I thoroughly enjoyed with a main event to be remembered. So,
0: Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman.
3: My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Greetings and salutations, Itchy Man CD, The Fallen Angel, Christopher Gaines. Now, I'm not just a world traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie, it's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike De Niro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now Mike talks about classic WWF, wcw ecw and tna reviews as well as doing modern news for aew wwe impact wrestling new japan and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today so why don't you give it a listen and just remember that christopher daniels was the one that sent you and uh enjoy the podcast
2: take care everyone Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday from Long Island, New York. The home of MJF definitely was a good show. And boy, was the main event an absolute spectacle. We're about to get into all that right now. So let's talk about it. Now, this show was the show where the Owen Hart tournament finally started and we started out hot and heavy because we got an Owen Hart tournament qualifier well, Owen Hart tournament quarterfinals round matchup between Adam Cole and Dax Hardwood. And in the crowd, we got to see Dr. Martha Hart, something that I never thought I would see Martha Hart, the widow of Owen Hart inside of the crowd of a professional wrestling show. I think that that was a beautiful moment. Ever since Owen Hart lost his life in 1999, Martha Hart wanted nothing to do with professional wrestling. And AEW not only is paying tribute to Owen Hart's life, but we got Martha Hart here enjoying a wrestling show. It must have felt like a million pounds off of the the shoulders of Martha Hart to finally enjoy wrestling and not have to be associated with the WWE. But anyway show started out really good. Cole and Dax Hardwood put on a great match. They put on a great show. Adam Cole injured the ribs of Dax Hardwood, and that was the story of the matchup. He was taking it to the ribs of Dax, and Dax was trying to fight back, but the ribs kept on being his one issue. Dax tried to pay tribute to Owen Hart by putting the sharpshooter on Adam Cole, but when he stitched it in and he hit that squat, that those ribs was just too much for him to handle, Right. The match ends when it was actually Adam Cole with the sharpshoot who made Dax Hardwood tap. I, I didn't expect to see that, to be honest. But, good victory for Adam Cole. Next, we have Hangman Page coming out. He's on commentary. CM Punk goes against a fellow Long Islander, John Silver. CM Punk wins with the Buckshot Lariat as a little bit of a fuck you to Hangman Page. then Hangman Page comes out. He goes to the ring. They get it face to face. CM Punk says that he will shake Hangman's hand. And Hangman will shake his hand whether he is conscious or unconscious come the pay-per-view. And Hangman then says fuck you to Punk by flipping him off and literally just screaming out fuck you. So, yeah, we're building up to our world title match between CM Punk and Hangman Page. I'm sure the match is going to be phenomenal. CM Punk showed a little bit of a heel side here. Hangman Page last week showed a little bit of a heel side there. So I don't know who would necessarily be the one to turn heel. Not saying there has to be somebody to turn heel, but there's a lot of speculation that either CM Punk or Hangman Page will be turning heel at this show, double or nothing. So it's going to be be really interesting to see. We got... A literally five second matchup between Danhausen and Tony Neese, where Tony Neese beats Dan Housen with one knee. This was Danhausen's debut matchup. Smart Mark Sterling told Tony Neese to continue the beatdown until Hook made the save and runs off Tony Nees. Hook then shakes Danhausen's hand, and we now have a new tag team formed. We have Hookhausen. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. MJF Wardlow contract signing was. Quite the spectacle we had by the way MJF coming out to the dark side of the ring video was fucking brilliant I, it's too good for me to explain so please go out of your way and see this video that AEW put together in the in the same way or in the style of the dark side of the ring commercials fucking brilliant genius 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 Shouts to Mr. Deeds anyway Uh, MJF comes out to a massive pop Wardlow's getting booed out the building If this was anywhere else in the world It would have been the reverse But MJF is like a god in Long Island Why? I don't know But He is playing off the Babyface role here And it was just It was interesting to see Anyway MJF has his conditions He says if you want to have a match with me Then this is the conditions One next week you're going to have to take 10 lashes From my belt. And you're going to sit there and like it. Then. You're going to have to face Sean Spears. In the steel cage match. And MJF is the special guest referee. Then and only then. Is Wardlow going to get to face MJF. At double or nothing. And with that matchup. The stipulation is. If MJF wins. Wardlow can never sign to AEW. But if Wardlow wins. Then he. Is finally out of the contract with MJF. We had a phenomenal matchup between Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy for the FTW Championship. And I'm telling you, this matchup was great. Great. This matchup was probably, you know, Sleeper Pure matchup of the night. But it wasn't the match of the night, and I'll tell you why. But yeah, definitely a great matchup that sets up for something bigger, right? So Swerve Strickland came out to help Jungle Boy. But then that screwed Jungle Boy, which led to Christian Cage getting pissed off at Strickland, which leads to Ricky Starks winning, which leads to Christian, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus staring down Ricky Starks and Hobbs and Keith Lee making the save for his boy Strickland. So now it looks like we're getting a three-way at double or nothing for the tag team titles between Strickland and uh, Keith Lee, Hobbs and Starks, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. A lot of confusing parts there, but definitely would be an amazing match at double or nothing. And how could I talk about this episode of AEW Dynamite without getting into the main event, which was the second quarterfinals matchup in the Owen Hart tournament of the night. And it was, in my personal opinion, a dream matchup. We got Darby Allin versus Jeff Hardy. This was a fucking spectacle. This matchup was absolutely insane. Let me just say Darby Allen has a goddamn death wish. What the fuck? Hitting that leaping swanton bomb in a more crazier fashion than Jeff Hardy ever did it. From a 20-foot ladder in the ring to outside of the ring onto stacked chairs. Not tables to break the fall, but stacked chairs onto Jeff Hardy was absolutely insane. But... Jeff Hardy was not going to be one-up because Jeff Hardy did a crazy-ass wonton bomb and landed on the steel steps. Bro, these two guys absolutely were murdering each other. In the fucking sake of seeing who was going to top who and being the craziest-ass stunt double. Like, not stunt double, stunt man. Fucking crazy-ass daredevil. Insane. In, in, insane. At the end, though, Jeff Hardy... Advances to the next round when Darby Allen went for a coffin drop, but Jeff Hardy reverses the pin into a pin of his own. One, two, three. Jeff Hardy advances. Like I said, it's really cool to see Jeff Hardy in the Owen Hart tournament, especially because he's the only man in the tournament who ever actually stepped in the, foot, stepped in the ring with Owen Hart. Really good episode of Dynamite. I gave this a strong 3.5 out of 5 stars. There was a lot of good shit on this Dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back, we're going to be going back in time and talking about the March 17th, 1997, Monday Night Raw. The go-home show before WrestleMania 13, which will be covered here on the podcast this coming Monday. So stay tuned.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players
0: Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington, for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackmun.
3: My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics.
5: It's the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gaines. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Easter Flock. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Nate Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike DeNiro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike. If it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And that definitely would be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Deloraine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had an awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do and I've done some big ones, and this one was one of my favorites, so go check out the Deloraine podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they do this shit three days a week, so from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Deloraine podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man.
2: and gentlemen, like we do here on the podcast every week, we're going to be going back in time and discussing the next episode of Monday Night Raw, which is WWF Raw is War, March 17th, 1997. This is the go-home show to WrestleMania 13, with a lot going down on this episode, including a world title cage match just six days before WrestleMania. This could change the whole landscape of WrestleMania, so there's a lot. This is a super stacked episode of Raw is War. And we're going to be talking all about it right now. This episode of Raw is War starts out with the Legion of Doom versus the Nation of Domination. It is the Road Warriors versus Savio Vega and Crush. You knew Raw was going to start out hot when the first thing you hear is,
3: Rawrush!
2: that just hurt my throat there goes my voice for the rest of the show good matchup lots of intensity a lot of smash mouth action that you would grow to expect from the road warriors backstage we see farouk attacking ahmed johnson with a nightstick the legion of doom goes for the doomsday device but Farouk comes out and he attacks animal with the nightstick the nation of domination then jump the legion of doom including including uh the Nation of Domination, including D'Lo Brown on the outside, including Clarence Mason, including PG-13. They take, uh, take it to the Legion of Doom. But then Ahmed Johnson comes out with the 2x4 and takes out the whole Nation of Domination and hits the Pearl River Plunge onto Wolfie D. Then Legions of Doom hits the Doomsday Device on Wolfie D. This was a very exciting opening segment. Very exciting. Next, there's some backstage controversy about tonight's cage match. Last week, it was announced that Bret Hart will be facing Psycho Sid in the cage tonight for the WWF champion, but over the weekend, it seemed like that match became a non-title match. That's why it is up to Gorilla Monsoon on what the matchup is going to be tonight. Also, it is rumored that Stone Cold Steve Austin's in the building. I don't know why that's really a rumor. The guy works there, but... As well as the rumor of HBK Shawn Michaels being back here on Raw after five weeks after losing a smile. Next, we got Triple H coming out with China versus Flash Funk. Flash tells China to leave the ring. Triple H pushes him, and China gets in Flash Funk's face. And Flash Funk didn't look like he was about to back down and not hit a girl. So, Whew, Flash Funk almost, you know went full pimp hand on her but anyway this was actually a really fun match you know triple h wins with the pedigree but definitely a good match and didn't expect triple h and flash funk to have that good of a chemistry but flash funk is the fucking man let me tell you something we're about to talk about two cold scorpio who's also flash funk on the next segment when we talk about ecw the guy is the fucking man i don't know why i wasn't a bigger fan of him when i was growing up next we see Shawn michaels arriving to the building so there goes that rumor we next get Mini Vader and Mini Mankind versus Mini Goldust and Mascarita Sagrada. This was a very weird match to see, but lots of athleticism. from And the crowd gets behind them. It's a little sad, right, that the crowd got more behind this than they did it for Hector Garza, Latin Lover, Heavy Metal, Octagon, Pentagon last week. They seemed more into Mini Vader and Mini Mankind and Mini Goldust and the legendary Mascarita Sagrada. In the end, Mascarita Sagrada pins Mini Mankind, then Mascarita Sagrada pushes Mini Vader off the stage and dives onto him. Really, really cool moment. Crowd goes wild for that. We then see Gorilla Monsoon backstage, and he announces that the cage match tonight is indeed going to be a title match, which means that if Bret Hart wins, he's the WWE champion, but he will not be facing Undertaker at Mania. He will continue to face Stone Cold at Mania, but this time it'll be for the champion, And Undertaker, who's the number one contender for the champion, will not be getting his shot at WrestleMania. So there's a lot of implications in this matchup on what's going to go down at Mania. Bret Hart comes out. Kevin Kelly interviews Bret Hart. Bret says that he will win the title and change the face of WrestleMania 13. He says that Taker isn't thrilled about it, but tough shit because it is what it is. He says, I deserve the title, Taker. You don't. But guess what? You could get in line like everybody else. He then is going, he says that he's going to thrash Steve Austin at Mania and he hopes that Ken Shamrock calls it right down the middle because he wants Stone Cold to scream I quit at WrestleMania 13. Then Rocky Maivia comes out for commentary for the Sultan versus jobber Mike Bell. First of all, Mike Bell, isn't that the guy that Perry Saturn fucked up and tossed on his head for botching? Anyway, Rocky Maivia has absolutely no charisma on the mic. Rocky Maivia actually is very dull on the mic. Like, which is amazing to think that Rocky Maivia, this guy who seems so uncomfortable on the microphone, ends up being the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock. The man who is known for one of the best promos in professional wrestling. That's crazy. That turnaround is fucking legendary. This is 1997. By 1998, The Rock is the man. Like, that is legendary. Crazy. In the end, the Sultan wins. He gets in The Rock's face. The Rock and the Sultan have a pull apart. And Tony Atlas gets between them and tells The Rock to cool off a little bit. Hour 2 of Raw starts out with Pyro and the intro again. Shawn Michaels makes his way to the ring after being gone for weeks after losing his smile. This man is in the ring, and he's interviewing him, and he says that Shawn Michaels says that he found this smile in San Antonio, Texas, and now he knows to bring it with him everywhere he goes. He thanks the fans for the love and support, and he says that he will be a part of WrestleMania because he will be commentary. He will be doing commentary for the main event. Whoopie we'll fucking do. Anyway, next we got Vader versus The British Bulldog. It is announced that it's going to be Vader and Owen Hart versus no Vader and Owen Hart. It's going to be The British Bulldog and Owen Hart. That sounds more right. Versus Vader and Mankind for the WWE Tag Team Champions at WrestleMania 13. Bridge Bulldog is so damn strong and athletic. Bulldog hits a big vertical suplex, stalling vertical suplex, on the much bigger Vader. Mankind interferes. Owen Hart makes a save. All four men brawl. Bulldog grabs the urn from Paul Bear and hits Vader and Mankind with it. Next, we got the main event. It is the WWF title match, steel cage match. Bret Hart versus Psycho Sid. We start out with back and forth action. Sid tries to go through the cage door, but out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin who puts the lock on the door preventing Sid from escaping. Stone Cold Steve Austin wants Bret Hart to win, obviously, because they're facing each other at Mania and Stone Cold wants that matchup to be for the WWF champion. Vince McMahon says that this must really be angering The Undertaker who is getting a title shot at WrestleMania. Sid attempts to climb over the top, but Stone Cold stops him at the top. Austin and Sid start brawling at the top, Bret Hart and Austin for the first time ever start to team up and double team Sid because Bret Hart wants to be champion, so now they're double teaming Sid, which leads to The Undertaker coming out and taking out Steve Austin, Bret Hart then is taken out by The Undertaker, all four men are brawling at the top of the cage, this is wild shit, Taker hits Austin and Bret hits a monster superplex on Sid from the top of the cage to the inside of the ring. Whew. Outside, Stone Cold Steve Boston nails Undertaker with a chair. Bret then attempts to leave the cage. Taker slams the door on Bret's head. Sid climbs over and he wins. It is official. Psycho Sid's not only your WWE champion, but Psycho Sid and Undertaker will be going down at WrestleMania 13 for the WWF Championship. Bret Hart is pissed. This is a legendary moment in WWE history where Bret Hart pushes down Vince McMahon and starts cursing up a storm on a PG show. This man tries to get a word with him, but Bret Hart pushes him down and then he says, This is bullshit. He says that he deserves to be champion. He's fed up with being screwed. Every goddamn night he's here in the WWF, he gets screwed. He says that if you don't like it, I'm going to now take my anger out on everybody. I'm going to beat the shit out of everybody. And if you don't like it, tough shit. This leads to Stone Cold Steve Austin being on the Titan Tron and he confronts Bret Hart saying,
5: Bret Hart, you're in there crying like a little baby. I'm going to whip your ass at WrestleMania. That's all you got to worry about is me.
2: Then Austin comes out. Bret Hart comes out. I mean, Bret Hart's in the ring. Austin comes out. He starts brawling with Bret. Psycho Sid comes out. He pushes Bret. Undertaker comes out. Bret Hart dives onto the Undertaker because now he's mad the Undertaker cost him the WWE champion. We have a massive four-man pull-apart, and all of a sudden, Shawn Michaels comes out and grabs a chair. It looks like he's about to get involved, but then the show goes off the air. What a go-home show. This got me extremely excited for WrestleMania 13. I thoroughly enjoyed this Raw, strong four out of five stars, but WrestleMania 13 is going to be awesome. We got the I Quit matchup between Stone Cold and Bret Hart with Ken Shamrock as a special guest referee. We got Triple H versus Goldust. We have Vader and Mankind versus the Bulldog and Owen. We have the Chicago Street Fight between the Nation of Domination versus the Road Warriors and Abed Johnson. And we got Undertaker versus Psycho Sid in the main event for the WWF champion. I'm hyped for WrestleMania 13. It's going to be a great show, and we'll be covering it here this upcoming Monday. You don't even got to wait long. You just got to wait a few fucking days, and we'll be covering it here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. When we come back from this final commercial break, we're going to be talking about ECW Living Dangerously 1998. I told you it was going to be a Superstack show. And we're about to end the week off right. So stay tuned.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com offer 23 to get started.
2: Welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into ECW Hardcore TV, wait 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 wait, no we're not, we're about to talk about ECW Living Dangerously 1998 on Pay Per View, this was a great Pay Per View, one that we watched all together live on Twitch, This show had crazy action. This show had shocking moments. This show was extreme. We're talking all about it right now. So let's get into ECW Living Dangerously 1998 on Pay Per View. ECW Living Dangerously 1998. What can I say about this show? This is a show... That I covered on Twitch. So we all could watch it together. And boy was it extreme. Ladies and gentlemen. I really enjoyed the show. This was one of ECW's better pay-per-views. If I had to say which was their best pay-per-view. This would probably be the second best pay-per-view. After Barely Legal. Their first pay-per-view. This is only their fourth pay-per-view though. So that's not saying much. But I definitely like this better than the November to Remember 1997. And I like this better than ECW's Hardcore Heaven. What was it, Hardcore Heaven? Hardcore Heaven. I believe that was the second name. Bro, I'm blanking. Anyway, this show was very good. Like, we had good matches, but then we had phenomenal matches. And I'm going to get into those phenomenal matches because there was a lot of matches. Two Cold Scorpio versus Rob Van Dam. This was an absolute barn burner. This was everything that you wanted to see in a goddamn ECW matchup. These guys were athletic as hell. They kept up with each other. They kept each other's energy. And it was just non-stop action for about 20 minutes. I thoroughly enjoyed this matchup. Rob Van Dam, though, picks up the victory. Thanks to the interference of Sabu, who wrestled earlier in the night. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Sabu interferes, takes out... Two Cold Scorpio. This leads to the Sandman coming down and fighting off RVD and Sabu. And then the Sandman and Two Colt Scorpio, Scorpio start dancing in the ring. A homage to their house party 1996 uh, moment. But definitely was really cool to see Scorpio and, and uh, Sandman back together. But Robin, damn boy, was he on a new fucking level. Anyway... You can't talk about living dangerously 1998 and not talk about Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow. These two guys beat the holy hell out of each other. The living shit out of each other. And you cannot talk about this matchup without talking about the spot where Taz locks on the Taz mission. Bam Bam Bigelow's tap, 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 tapping away. But the referee doesn't see it. Then he just does a backdrop, and these two motherfuckers go through the goddamn ring. Yo, if that was not the greatest Joey Styles, oh my God, then I don't know what was. Joey Styles was known for that, oh my God, don't judge me, judge him. He said it. Anyway, great matchup. In the end, Bam Bam Bigelow comes out of the hole first. Pulls out Taz, one, two, three, and the reign of the TV champion Taz who's held that title since May of last year, now is around the waist, the big waist, of Bam Bam Bigelow. Because the ring was broke, they needed time for the main event, so they showed the match that was deemed too hardcore for pay-per-view. This leads to Joey Styles screaming at Paul Heyman that they're going to get thrown off the air if they show this matchup, which I don't know why, it was not that hardcore, but it was the Duel and Kane match between Sabu and the Sandman from earlier in the night before the show went on the air. This was a very good matchup. This was definitely better than their Living Dangerously matchup. Not Living Dangerously. This is better than their November to Remember matchup. And for sure was better than their Japan matchup. This was a really good show. Really good match. Uh, in the end, Sabu wins when Rob Van Dam and Sabu pull the wool under the Sandman's eyes. Rob Van Dam dresses up like Sabu, tricking the Sandman, which leads to Sabu attacking the Sandman without Sandman knowing, and it was just a double-team, two-on-one beatdown. Sandman and Sabu hit a double leg drop from the top rope to the outside on a table onto the Sandman for Sabu picking up the victory. Really, really cool night. Bro, this is just good shit. Also, you had a crazy-ass three-way hardcore brawl, between New Jack and Spike Dudley, the Dudley boys, and Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. And one of the most memorable parts of this matchup was when New Jack and Spike Dudley climbed all the way to like the third floor balcony and dived off the balcony onto Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon through the tables. In the end, though, the Dudley boys pick up the victory. Main event. It is Chris Candido and his special partner, the franchise Shane Douglas. We all saw that coming. Versus Lance Storm and his partner, who happened to be Sonny. Sonny, the wife of Chris Candido. I know Sonny's not looked out fondly nowadays, but uh, nah, back then she was. Anyway, Sonny turns on Lance Storm. We all saw that coming. And joined Chris Candido in a four-on-one beatdown where... Sonny, Francine, Franchise, and Chris Candido all beat down, uh, what's it called, Landstorm. until so Al Snow made the save with head and absolutely decimated the whole triple threat and in a couple minutes pinned the world champion Shane Douglas with the snow plow and then we got an absolute rave party. It was Al Snow with the head and everybody had the styrofoam heads and they're throwing it into the ring and the lights are flashing Wild, wild scene to end the show, but I presume that Al Snow is the number one contender for the ECW champion against the franchise Shane Douglas because he did beat the champion at this pay-per-view. This was a great ECW show, and I got to say, it had a little bit of everything. ECW was known for their hardcore wrestling. You had that. They were known for their technical high-flying wrestling. They had that. They were known for international action. They had that. Overall, I'm giving this show a 4.5 out of 5. It was almost perfect. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this was a Superstack show, and I appreciate you listening all the way straight through. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I will be back here on Monday with yet another Superstack show, so stay tuned. But during the weekend, make sure you go to ThreeFallsBrand.com and pick yourself up some Wrestling DeLorean merchandise. I love you all. Thank you for all the support. Catch me tonight on Twitch. I love you guys. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay positive. One love.
3: Niggas that can tough in the hood, till the wolves call. Bitches let a drink in the club, till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street, till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor, we the wolves done.
2: Go fuck with De Niro. I got a Snyder extender clip, so who want to play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy. I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Oliver, Don, daughter, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss. You that's when your ride stop Bacchia with that white chalk Trigger finger streets, why leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas that get tough
3: in the hood To the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club To the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street To the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor To the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dippin', creepin' through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life. Answers, yes, well, did nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, midnight. niggas moving packs, cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packin' up aight, something. Aight, Catch aight. him slippin' with them codes and he ain't tellin' us nothin'. Catch a nigga foolin' twice, and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacation, start bluffin'. Must've moved to Honolulu, changed his name to make lovin', said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember, and if a nigga leakin' ah. these, we gotta, ah. niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do, if I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey, dude, shorty keep crying and screamin', like that's helping you, bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal, I can that tough in the hood, to the come. bitches let a drink in the club, to the come. surrounded by the sheep in the street, to the come. everyone strip on the floor, we the heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dippin', creepin' through the night is precise. Catching nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life. Answer yes, well then nigga, pay your price. Right or wrong when you see the moon, it's on sight. Disney Plus, Hulu and ESPN Plus. Woo! This fall, the Disney bundle has all the action.
5: Holy smokes!
3: Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki season two. It's on its way. And play. Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Rexa. Oh my God, the expectation! All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. Eighteen plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only.
1: Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Dave, a banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. Because when you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash Spotify. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC.